gentlemen, it is the greatest week of the year. For me personally, your boy Dan Zampano here. Divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs, which means we pick all four games here on the Sunday card divisional weekend edition. In the other corner is our very good, much better than me, picker over there, Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silvereth. He is alive. He is thriving. He is much better than me so far in the playoffs. Good evening, Matthew. Let's get this bread once more. Good evening. I thought you were going to continually say nice things about me because I was just going to let that keep going for as long as you want it to go. I'm um, just, I'm just but, trying to ignore my record and put mm, your record up so nobody has to listen to it. I had to remember if you had made any picks last week because I didn't see – I saw a zero in the win column, and I was a little – I just – did we not log them correctly? I, I swore I heard you say some things on the show. Were they all incorrect? You know, maybe I was dyslexic and picked the wrong teams for a week, I, I think. Uh, absolutely impossibility that the one dog that uh, covered or one dog that won, I didn't pick. And everyone else just picked all dogs, no favorites, and they just all died. It was not a week for the dogs. It was a favorites, favorites week, which we should have known, obviously. But listen. That should never happen, and I apologize to the fans. That's what I can say. I am mm. issuing an apology. I'm issuing an apology, a personal one for me. It will never happen again. But you know what happens every week, Matt? Bet the narrative. Hits every week. It's incredible. Every week. It doesn't stop in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what time of year. It could be August preseason. It could be January playoff time. It never ceases to amaze me that Lewis covers at five and a half with the Bengals. Go ahead, Matt. Say it for me. I can't say it. I can't roll that R. Joey and the boys came to town or <laughs> were in you. hometown and just took it. It's so good to be on the same side of the bet the narrative, especially like Lou could Lou has the, the telescopic vision to see through the Raiders fever that was taking over to get off of a pick. He was riding them boys and he was able to mm. see it. Say, I have to fade this now. He's got next level thinking here. It was next old, level stuff. Their, their playoff victory was the week before. You know, they got us real far. We love them. We love them. But all good things come to an end, my friend. That's it. But hopefully not this week. I don't want to Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully the better narrative keeps on rolling. I, and I think it might. I'll tell you what, though. Hey, it's just, you know, blowing whistles in the middle of plays. I mean, what can you do? I mean, that's that's oh. not, am I, now I'm claiming I'm claiming so many things. But not only did I go 0-6, and, and I'll explain this. But my team gave up the worst defensive performance in the history of foot. I think in football, I, I think it might have been in the history of any any level, Pop Warner, high school, college, the worst defensive performance I've ever seen. It was incredible. Yeah, perfect game. I didn't know there was a perfect game. So that, that was something for baseball. But Josh Allen, who I also wanted to note was a quarterback you left off of your top five quarterbacks last week, said that he was didn't deserve to be there and then put up a perfect game against a top five defense for the Patriots. Lou is checking the notes. I am 99.999% sure that you did say Josh Allen didn't deserve to be the top five. It's true. It's true then. And it's true now. So, I mean, that's the way it is. I will stick to my guns with that situation. Bottom line, and we can start there if you want to bottom line is to me, you know, Josh Allen has historically, just crush the Patriots. There's, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, in the last two years specifically, he has been dominating them. Uh, and that's what the Patriots defense is. The Patriots defense is, and I can, will say this without hesitation, old and slow. That's what they are. They're old and slow, and they have retread Super Bowl players that need to be put out to pasture. That's the name of the game. And that's where I'm at with the team. But I don't feel badly with them. I just I feel like we have the quarterback and we got to build on that and whatever. But the defense has other places to be. I do think it had more to do. I, I will see. We'll see if Josh Allen can prove me wrong. I do think it had more to do with how bad the Patriots were than how good the Bills were. That's my estimation. Old, slow, can't cover anybody, had backup corners playing. 
just horrendous. Just quit, flat out quit. And the Bills are 10 times as talented, and I'm ready to concede it here. There you go for all of Bills Mafia. The Bills own the division. You happy? You happy? Congratulations, you own it. So we'll be back. Don't worry, but you own it for now. It's just motivation. It motivates me more. For now, yeah. There was a, I saw a lot of those clips, you know, uh, Jordan Poirier and everybody happened to the defense. Like, they, they have an, their error runs tonight, like, you know, or ends tonight. Like, they they really did want to knock off the Patriots for that. You know, again, they felt like it was playing for the division. Obviously, they won the division technically, but that was, as you, you know, you did say, like, if they lost that game, I mean, it meant nothing to win the division. So that game was, was huge for them to set themselves atop the AFC East. What was the worst loss between these two teams? Patriots or Cowboys? At Patriots. Patriots got embarrassed. Patriots are got you serious? Dummy. Yeah, dude. What do you mean? The Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys were favored. The Cowboys were favored. They had all the talent. Everything's assembled. Everything is at their fingertips. The Patriots are ascending team with a rookie quarterback. Dallas, it's their time, and they just blew it. 14 penalties in a game. I mean, that was a joke what McCarthy did. He should be fired. Yeah, and obviously the nonsense at the end of the game, we're blaming the refs when that should never have been a situation in the first place. And, you know, everybody has pointed out, it's it's so funny. There's like the sounding horn from the Cowboys where it's like it was the refs' fault, but everybody else is kind of looking at it like they just didn't do it right. Like Dak not handing the ball back to the official. Like you can't just spot your own ball and hike the ball. Like that's never happened in the history, again, in the history of football. And there were so many other things in that game right. to be like talking about the one, potentially getting one shot at the end zone from the 25 to hopefully save your entire season. Like there's other things that happened in that game that went way wrong. Terrible. I mean, you have four, not just 14 penalties. That's the one time you're going to blame the official for that, that play the entire game, which by the way, you still needed like a 30 yard pass to the end zone to win the game. If Randy Gregory doesn't hug a guy, if there's no 6,000 false start penalties on the, on the Cowboys offensive line. I mean, they shot themselves in the foot way too many times, punting in the fourth quarter down by 13 points, doing the fake punt, getting it successful and getting a delay of game right after that. That was the end of it for me. That was dumb. That was, that was proof. And like a lot of people say, it's like the Cowboys, they have a game plan, but they have no way to change that game plan in the middle of the game. If something happens, like, it was like, that was McCarthy's game plan. And it's like, Oh, they're not going to be ready for it. Cause they're going to be, uh, they're going to have their punt team out there. Right. But they, they had their punt block out there. So it was most of the defensive players anyway. So they were perfectly fine to just line up the defensive line. It was 25 seconds off the clock try to swap the offensive line out like so late in the clock. I mean, I, I had no idea what was happening. And it Shanahan, was Mike, it was just Mike McCarthy being Mike McCarthy. Shanahan called his bluff so bad. And it was, so, I mean, it's so much, it's, it's so obvious to see how much better of a coach Shanahan is than McCarthy. McCarthy's been going downhill since he won the Super Bowl, and everybody knows it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, to me, I think that's a worse loss. Is it, I think it's more embarrassing too, because Honestly, I think in my heart of hearts, I did pick the Patriots on the points. I could not pick them to win the game outright. And I, it just wasn't going to happen. And I was actually kind of surprised that you picked them in the money line parlay. I know that that didn't hit, but still, I do think that Dallas was worse. And, and the story of the weekend is Dallas losing, of course, because it's always Dallas. It's always Dallas is the story of the weekend. It's great. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if we want to go through the other games, like I said, those yeah. are the two big premier ones. Obviously, um, we can talk, you know, Cincinnati and Raiders, we were head to head on that one. That was another one. I'm just, just feel like a real smart football guy up here when I say that the penalties are going to be a problem and the Raiders do nothing but shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. There was that. And then there was also Pittsburgh, just that oh. offense was so bad, Dan. How oh. did you bet on that offense? I they, just, outside of the TJ Watt scoop and score. I felt good then. (laughs) Oh my God. And then then after that, like 21 to seven in an instant. It was such a joke. I mean, I was stunned. I was like, there's no way the Steelers can just keep stopping them. Like it just, that's all they're going to have to do is survive on it. They're going to have to win this game seven, nothing like, and that's not going to happen because you just couldn't move the ball. Deontay Johnson dropping balls. I mean, they never ran, were able to run the ball on the chiefs. It was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare to watch. And I turned it off on the touchdown at the end of the half. I said, game over. I'll, I'll take another loser, please. It was just, it, it's so, so brutal. I really thought that they would at least play, you know, I thought the Chiefs would be more conservative and they were in the beginning and then they just opened up the playbook and just hammered them. So that one, I really, the Raiders, you honestly, I got to give you credit. I mean, you were spot on with the penalties. Like we talked about Carr had a shot at the end of the game though i thought we were gonna just barely sneak it out and just couldn't get it so that was really that game 
and the Dallas game were the only entertaining games of the weekend. The Rams game, again, another game I turned off at halftime. I mean, it was yeah. just, why am I watching this again? I already didn't want to watch it at all. And I just checked the scores for the over and I go, of course, it doesn't hit. Kyler Murray in that game. Terrible. Just talk about just talk about letting the moment be way too big for him. That wasn't a short joke, but it might be just way <laughs> too big for him. I mean, as soon as things started going a little bit wrong, he just lost it. And I had to laugh when I saw did you have the same reaction when he did the, the pick six that he threw from the end zone? From the end zone. That was the Carson Wentz play. That yeah. was, oh, he was smart to take a safety and not do that. And so as soon as I saw that, I go, Carson Wentz has been vindicated. <laughs> like, he's been proven right that he made the right decision to take a safety in that position and give them the ball back versus give up the pick six. Big brain play by Carson Wentz in the moment. But, yeah, when I saw, when I saw that out of Kyler, he looked so desperate. So just wanting to do everything by himself. Small is the word. He looked small. And that's, and small. that's what he was. It, that was Booger McFarlane's first funny thing he ever said was, what in the Carson Wentz was that? I mean, that was like a perfect line, you know, for it. But really, really interesting week of football. The blots. Do we even mention how bad, like, Jalen Hurts was? I mean, he was horrendous. And how good Tom was. I mean, he was just like, – the Eagles just never shouldn't have even got off the bus in that game. Amazing that they were like fairly close to covering that game late. Obviously, like I said mm. it, 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 we end up getting uh, that's my one push of the weekend, which was so bad. I, the number I ended up having under. was 46 and a half, and, and you had the under the weather too on that under, and they get that two point conversion that's just like so, to, so meaningless to most, but not to us here on this show. That was very meaningful two point play. I was just, uh, I was heartbroken. So, like I said, uh, my yeah. ticket was okay, but you know, I really want, I should have been four and two this week. I should be just putting you six feet under. You should be. And I'll be honest. I had the under I, on this show. I had it at 46, but bet it at 47. So I was thanking my lucky stars. At least I didn't take a full bath. I took like a 95% <laughs> bath this, this week, but that is over. There is move a new week. We move on and we will actually be moving on like physically moving. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we'll pick it in order. But the Sunday Card podcast is taking us on the road. It's a road show this weekend. And what better place to do it than sunny Tampa, Florida. So we are packing up the, the, the bags. We're packing up the jerseys. I'm trying to find Lewis at Darrell Revis. Bucks jersey so he can wear it or Keyshawn Johnson or whatever hell other Jets have ever played for the for the for the Bucks and we are going to Tampa my friend I am so excited very excited for this game I've never uh, never been to a, a playoff game so you know divisional playoffs you guys you guys really ended up convincing me and twisting my arm but this is uh it does seem like an opportunity that we cannot miss I've never seen the great one live and in person it's my first time witnessing Tom Brady in front of my own eyes so should be a heck of a trip, man. You know, just just getting out of this cold Connecticut weather. I see you're down there in Virginia, but it's snowing down there. Snowing it. I'm stuck here. There's no now. plows. There's no plows here. I've been driving over snow for three days. It's crazy. Two two inches of dust. I don't know what to do down there. Uh, which gets south of the base sticks, but just uh, yeah, excited to get there. Watch Tom. We're gonna be right near the pirate ship. Uh, our seats are close to the pirate ship, which oh. I can't wait to just get deafened. By the cannons, I'm hoping there's many booms going on in this game. I just want to scream fire the cannons the whole time. Like, oh, so bad. So bad, you know. So we've moved on. You know, Patriots are done. Lewis wants me to be a Bucks fan now, so here I am. There he is. He's back. I'm back. He doesn't lose until they all lose. <laughs> doesn't lose, and then I can root for Jimmy on Saturday. It's so great. You're I love so all my court. You're I so love disgusting. It. I want, I love that you guys have pushed me to this. I feel liberated. It's because you, you don't know how to lose, Dan. You just don't know how to lose. You've been, you've just been fed with, fed with a silver spoon with a winners, silver Lombardi in your mouth your whole life. Winners win. Winners win at the end of the day. I hope it's Jimmy versus Tom. I really do. It's going to be so great. It'll be so fun. I don't know what jersey I'm going to wear for that one, but it'll be a good time. Oh, this is going to be such a good weekend. You'll have them both on. You'll be switching them as, <laughs> as the drives go. Just, just taking them off and putting them on. I love it. I can't wait. Let's get to the games, shall we? Let's pick them. Maddie, 
Uh, I can never say this in, with any more emphasis, but you did not just win. You pulverized me last week. So pick or punt, my friend. I'm going to leave this one off this time. I'm usually a punt guy. I usually want the ball in the second half, but I just, I just don't need your brain poisoning any of my picks here. I just need to, I think I need to go first on these and just kind of get my aggressive. point across. It's aggressive. He's getting those Kellen Moore vibes. He's getting aggressive with his play calling. He, You've been you've been watching too much Kellen Moore tape, is what you. If I win Saturday night, I might just cash in on our dinner bet of the season long on Sunday <laughs> Sunday evening while we're in Tampa Bay. You might be paying for my bar tab that night if, we, if I just if I just take three picks from you right right from the jump. So I mean, a long um, receipt. We'll see. How, yeah, look <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, so first game that we're talking about here: Cincinnati in Tennessee. The line is three and a half. Uh, Tennessee is favored. The total, I believe, is sitting at forty-seven right now. I had that written down before, but it's I don't have it right now. But yeah, forty-seven. So you know, last week we see Burrow, uh, Burrow Chase connection. Last week was like the biggest thing that I took away from that game. I mean, it, there was reports of you know he's better against man. Uh, Chase is better against man. Burrow's better against man. And the Raiders are going to sit back in a soft zone a lot. But they, I mean, they could hit 10-yard curl, 12-yard curl, whatever they wanted last week. The first half was just feed Jamar Chase. So uh, I, I think Tennessee's going to be able to do a lot to take that away this week, though. Uh, I think that Tennessee's pass rush this year, it's been spoken about, but they've been dominant this year. And it's just not something that we're used to seeing out of Tennessee. Their defense is usually kind of their downfall, uh, and they haven't been able to generate a lot of pressure in years past. But Jeffrey Simmons and some of these other guys in the defensive line have really been able to bring the heat. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a huge advantage this game against a Cincinnati offensive line that we know has had trouble all year. Not to mention that we have Derrick Henry, the best running back in the NFL, returning this week. Not confirmed, but he's practiced. And if it's the playoffs, you have Derrick Henry back. He's playing. So I wonder full consideration that he's playing. He will get a, a light workload for what Derrick Henry is at least 20 carries, I think. like That's, that's, that's lightening his load. So I think they're going to be able to use him whenever they want. Um, that's going to be a big problem for Cincinnati, especially because they lost their number one run stopper last week, mm. Larry, o Larry Ogunjobi. I think I said that right. You did. Uh, they lost Larry Ogunjobi. Trey Hendrickson is also on the practice report. He had a concussion. He did practice, so he's probably going to be scheduled to play. But they also lost another defensive tackle on Josh Tupuo. Well, I definitely said that one wrong. Uh, he is also on the injury report, potentially going to miss. So I think that this is just a Derrick Henry game for me. I just I think that. The line to the line screams that they want everybody to take the Bengals this on that three and a half. And I'm not going to fall for it here. I'm going to take Tennessee laying the three and a half by one of my two, my one AFC future here. So I probably won't actually have a wager in this game because I'm just riding that futures ticket with them. But for the sake of the show, I'll lay the three and a half points. And I really like this stat uh, for coach Mike Vrabel, coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. Uh, Vrabel with eight plus days off to prepare. This is a stat from CBS Sports. Eight and oh, straight up. 8-0 against the spread in his career with eight-plus days off to prepare. And on average, his team scored 29.6 points and has only allowed 10 points. Mm. I think they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they don't let Joe Burrow kind of just do whatever he wants and work. I think they're going to get pressure on him, and they're going to they're gonna be able to hit him this game. So I'm not going to let my rose gold Joe Burrow glasses blind me here on this one. Those were the steeziest glasses I have seen in a long time. He looked straight out of Saturday Night Fever. It was incredible. Um, I think you're 100% spot on on this. I really do. And I, I look at the coaching matchup. I mean, I, I realized last week, you know, there were, there were some instances where I said to myself, you know, I kind of ignored a couple of principles. I kind of ignored the coaching matchups in the playoffs. I kind of ignored trench warfare in the playoffs. Like you have to be good in order to advance in the playoffs at those two things, or you have to have great quarterback play. And Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. There's no question about that. Number two quarterback in the league, as far as I'm concerned uh, this season, but Ryan Tannehill uh, certainly hasn't been uh, a player that has brought detriment to his team. And I think one of the great things about it is that Tennessee getting Derrick Henry back is going to be able to do what they actually have been doing the last few weeks without him. And that's not only run the football, but set up play action. And with a healthy AJ Brown with a healthy Julio Jones, I think that'll really, really be a key factor for them as well. So if you actually look though at the Titans, even though their DVOA and all those different things, like I believe they were sixth in rush defense, rush offense DVOA. And when Henry went out, they were 24th. 
So, you know, their DVOA certainly went down, but I think over the last couple of weeks, they found a kind of one, two punch with Foreman with a couple of those other guys that have, that have kind of uh, taken the reins in, in front of them. And if you look at this, I mean, we talk about, they usually run the ball on first down and second down Bengals 31st again in DVOA again, on first down defense. They are really, really brutal against that. And the Titans love, love to run the football on first down. So that's going to be a really interesting thing. I actually think that the Titans should let the Bengals run the ball because I think it's more, even though they're better at defending the run, I think it's more beneficial for them to take that chase and burrow combination away because the Bengals, I think that is their run game at the end of the day. They underneath passing routes to chase, even over the middle, getting those 10 yard clips, Boyd, Higgins, you have to take that all away. I don't think that they will just, you know, blitz Burrow and try to attack the offensive line. I think they need to get there with four. Vrabel aggressively will go after them, and then they'll make Burrow have to kind of read the defenses. So, the, again, the Ogunjobi one is huge, like you said, but it's a coaching advantage to me. Vrabel over Zach Taylor. I'm taking Vrabel ten times every time. Give it to me. Titans minus three and a half. Let's stay on board. Yeah, and, and just circle back to kind of what you said there. You mentioned how, you know, they have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry playing this game. And the numbers that the Titans show on their offense, not only just rushing the ball, but, again, passing the ball because when Derrick Henry's in there, those you know, those they're, they're more likely to try and stop the run, play man on the outside. The passing numbers for that team go up a ton when those three guys are on the field because you can't double – you can't double just one of the receivers and you have to account for Derrick Henry – and then, like I said, the play action pass from that, from those three guys being on the field, just opens up that offense. So we've seen very few games and snaps that they've played with those three guys on the field and the, this year, and the numbers are significantly better. So for them to get that back just in time for the playoffs, coming off a of bye week, man, it makes me feel like I like the Titans a lot. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I, Cincinnati's a great story. There's no question right. about it. But usually great stories die when they play good teams. And I think that Titans are, are that team. I was going to say, as much as we just said, you know, the Raiders had their playoff win the week before that, week 18. Like, last week felt like Cincinnati, like, living and dying to get a playoff win. So, now to, to go against against this team in Tennessee coming off of rest is just, I think, getting it smacked in the mouth. 31 years, Lewis. 31 years, and the next week they're getting smacked across the face. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not the bet the narrative, but, uh, you know, you could roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I Likely, I think, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game, really interesting game. I, I'm interested to see how, how far the Bengals have come. Let's go to the next game, shall we? This game is super fascinating because we get very cold temperatures for a West Coast team, and it may not matter at the end of the day considering how they play football and how physical they are. We'll find out, but the injury bug has hit the San Francisco 49ers. There is no question about that. They traveled to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. And, oh, boy, that bad man is back in the playoffs, Maddie. I don't know how you stop them. I really don't. Can the Niners put up a fight? Check this out. Six-point underdogs in Lambeau Field this weekend. The over-under, same as the last game, 47. What you got? This one for me is the hardest one of the weekend. I think mostly because of the injury news. Obviously, like you're saying so. Uh, Jimmy G, obviously the one we were dealing with, a hand that we were dealing with last week, and now apparently a shoulder as well. He, he did. He threw that pick late in the Dallas game, which we were just everybody was waiting on the entire time, as much as they were holding it together. Inevitably, Jimmy's going to throw a bad pick late in that game <laughs> and, and get and opens up the door for the Cowboys. And like I said, so now we've got more injuries with him. Fred Warner and Bosa two of the biggest pieces on the defense are both questionable right now. I don't think I, I didn't check their practice report for today. I know they didn't practice on Tuesday. Did you see anything that they practice on Wednesday at all Warner or Bosa? I don't think they did. I still think they're at least in either not practice or limited practice, but Bosa sounds like he has a concussion. He's got to pass protocol if he can. And that was a pretty hard hit. He took a knee. That was a brutal shot. He took a knee right to the helmet. So I can only imagine that it may come down to literally game time decision. Luckily, they're playing Saturday night, so might give them some extra time. Warner, I have no idea. I just I, there could be anything with him. 
Right. And, and then on the other side, you know, so this is obviously one of the rematches. The rest of these games for the weekend, we have, have we have games to look back on throughout the season. That first one was the only one that's not a rematch here in the playoffs. So these teams, but everything was from week five or earlier for all these games. So I think this one was uh, they're either week three or week five. I believe this one was week five. And, and San Francisco had, had the lead up one late <laughs> and they just left way too much time. They left a whole like minute and 10 seconds on the clock for Aaron Rodgers. They left him way too much time to march downfield and, and, and win that game late with a field goal. But it was a different San Francisco team back then. I mean, they were just not running nearly the same offense they're doing now. Right now, you know, running the ball is the name of the game in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We saw it against Dallas and so we liked against Dallas. Since I had such a hard time picking this game, I don't have a side here. Ah. I, don't have a, I don't have a total here. We are going with a player prop. As my, official, All right. as my official show pick of the week. And I'm going to take, I tried to look it up. I would be taking right now if there was an official line post. Debo Samuel's rushing yards. Because ah. Debo Samuel last week was listed at 29 and a half rushing yards. I mean, he is such an essential part of this run offense now between the sweeps and just lining him up as a halfback in the backfield that I think if it's anywhere around that 30 number again, I'm going to crush it. But what I did see posted, Elijah Mitchell. His line is set at 79 and a half yards. Mm. I will take the over on that. I think that their identity is to run the ball anyway. He is the lead back. He is the bell cow back for them. He gets the maj- more than the majority of the touches in this one. Trey Sermon is not very good. All the other guys have been injured as, as they always are in San Francisco. So I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell, 79 and a half rushing yards. I think all the elements, I think the Jimmy G hand injury is going to lead them to just run the ball even more. So Elijah Mitchell over 79 and a half official pick. Uh, a, a stat to back you up on that Packers right now, DVOA on the season 28th against the run. They have been brutal, but do they, uh, this is what I'm so interested in with the Packers, the guys that they have coming back. Yeah. That is what intrigues me, especially on defense. How much better are they with Zadarius Smith? How much better are they with Jair Alexander? If they play like that interests me so much because their defense Really, I mean, the Packers have a ton of flaws. There's a ton of flaws. Defense, special teams has been a nightmare for them, but it's all covered up by by 12, right? I mean, that's basically what it is. And, you know, that's kind of the narrative of this game is Rodgers is, you know, at home in the cold. I'm seeing less than 10 degrees at kickoff. You know, I mean, it's going to be really cold there. You know, that's what I'm really interested in is how much better Bakhtiari is coming back. Now he got a little bit of time against the Lions in the season finale. How much better are the Packers? I, I really, really wonder about that. You know what they really have to do, though? I, I think that San Francisco has to really stop the Packers on first and second down because time of possession, the Packers are just so good. They're number one in the league in time of possession, 32 minutes and 44 seconds. They average at time of possession at home. They are the even better than that. At home, they're the number one team at home in time of possession, 34 minutes and 29 seconds. They hold the ball at home. They are deadly, deadly, deadly in this scenario. Rodgers is going to pass on this team. There's no question about that. Look, the, the, we know the weakness is secondary. We understand that. If Bosa can play, that would be massive and huge because they're really going to have to do some unique schemes. But I really think that D'Amico Ryans might have a handle on him a little bit considering their last matchup. And, and it might take the Packers a little bit to get going. I mean, if you look at San Francisco over the final eight weeks of the season, they ranked inside the top four in defensive DVOA for the final eight weeks of the regular season. That's also first against the run, first against the run, 10th against the pass. They were much better down the stretch in every facet of their team. They're built for this cold weather game. Again, the injury news does scare me a little bit, but special teams, who wins this special teams battle is the real question because yes, the Packers give up the most kickoff return yards in the league. And I know people have talked about, you know, putting Debo Samuel back there this week and all that San Francisco gives up the second most. And so this is going to be a kind of an interesting thing to see if they even kick to these guys at all. I wouldn't do it if I was them, but here's the thing, kick return yards. Packers are 24th in the league. San Francisco's 14th. So actually in returning the ball. So it's going to be certainly interesting to me going to be physical. I just see it. If Garoppolo's good, if he's healthy and fine, if he's playing, if Bosa and Warner are there, I got to take San Francisco. I just got to take the points. There's just too many points there. I made this game with the numbers that I had. And this is considering that Jimmy and all those guys are playing. 
Packers is a dog. Packers plus three and a half. 49ers were favored. Extreme end scenario. If he does, if they don't play, if Bosa and Warner don't play, I still have this right around pick them. And if Garoppolo doesn't play, I have this like Packers minus two. So it's right factored in there. I just think there's too many points here, but I want to wait on the injury news. For the sake of this show, I'm going to assume guys are going to go harder than not. And, and if they, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. And I think, think their guys are hurt, maybe except for Warner. I'm going to take the 49ers plus six. Yeah, I mean, every, everybody's hurt right now this time of the year, right? So it's, it's not a lot of excuses. Everybody's, everybody's got uh, got some nicks and bumps. So I'm right with you. If, if I'm taking a side here, I'm leaning San Fran because I agree with the points. But then I just man, I just feel like a donkey just going against, just going against Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you, I just, I hate it. I hate doing that. Here we go again. Here yep. we go again. Same old song and dance. Um, Let's go to the game we're going to. How about that? Let's go to Sunday, three o'clock, Tampa, Florida, Ray J Stadium, fire the cannons, Bucks, Rams, historical matchup, between these two, considering that Brady hasn't played great against these Rams, Maddie hasn't played great, but the Rams do come in a little bit hobbled, a lot of question marks. Is the youth of the Bucks now? Some of the Bucks backups are going to have to step up, possibly. Rams are two and a half point dogs. The over/under is forty-eight and a half. This is a tough, tough one. You know, this is another one again. Rematch, rematch from from week three in this one uh, that the Rams took. Uh, and, and beat Tampa Bay pretty pretty handily in that game, I, if I recall. I mean, they they dominated most of like the time of possession and, and everything else. So, uh, and, and not to mention that that's a Bucks offense that had a lot more weapons back then. We have no Godwin, no AB in this game, so missing missing some big time weapons. Like I said, they're going to be leaning more on guys like Perriman. Kind of let them down a little bit last week in some spots. As much as they they won that game, he had a couple couple plays that he could have made more that would have uh, given them more of a cushion. You know, so so now you're looking at the matchups that the the Rams have here. So the Rams get to take Jalen Ramsey, their best weapon on defense outside of, you know, Aaron Donald, but they can match him up with Mike Evans. Now he could chat, they could shadow Mike Evans wherever he's going around the field. So you can almost, you know, Mike Evans is a dominant wide receiver. He's going to get his, but you're going to neutralize him a little bit. If you have Ramsey follow him around the field, which he's, he's, he's used to doing. Mike Evans is playing in the slot a little bit more as of recent uh, with Godwin out to get him some better matchups. So you're not going to be able to do that. Um, this much, you know, wherever you line them up, it's going to be the same kind of match you're looking at. Um, not to say that you can't get some bumps and runs because that's that's where you can really start to kind of run some, you know, some pick plays on Ramsey. He can be susceptible to those from playing that really tight press coverage. And, and you know, nobody's better at dialing those up than Brady and Leftwich as far as getting those rub routes coming out quick. So those could be weapons in the end zone. But and then other than that, it's going to come down to running the ball, dominating the time of possession. And I think that they're doing that better now than they were in week three. So I think it's much more of a different approach versus going super pass heavy against the Rams, which they want teams to do. So I think that Giovanni Bernard got involved last week too without playoff mm-hmm. Lenny. Playoff Lenny should be back here, Mr. Fortas. So I think that you're going to see a lot of him. You're going to see a lot of Gio. And I just still think that that monster of a human being, Rob Gronkowski, who just always seems to come out in the playoffs, is going to come up big. And I've got another player prop for you here. I just don't love the number. Actually, this I didn't have it at two and a half. So that's interesting. Now it's two and a half. But Rob Gronkowski, anytime touchdown score plus one ten. You mm. know we love value on this. You know we love plus numbers. I just think that if you've got Ramsey draped over Evans all day, the one guy that you're going to be looking to in the red zone is going to be Gronk. And I know, or you know, outside of the running backs, the running backs are probably going to get you know Lenny get a touchdown, but. None of them are plus numbers except for Gronk. So give me Gronk at plus 110 anytime touchdown score. I love it. I love the props coming out because personally, I love to take sides and totals, and I know you're a big props guy. So I love like these little things. I'm probably going to be on that with you while we're at the game. It's going to be great. Um, how, how do you not, right? Brad, how, how do you not? That and every like Leonard Fournette prop, I, I, I can imagine. Uh, let me talk about the last meeting because a lot of these games happened way early in the season. In the last meeting, the Rams were stupendous at not shooting themselves in the foot, and the Bucks. That's all they did. Bucks had seven penalties in the game. The Rams had one, one penalty in the entire game. Bucks actually ran more plays. They ran seventy-one plays in the first matchup. 
but it was all catching up because the once the 75 yard Deshaun Jackson touchdown went out, they were consistently down one to two touchdowns the entire game and just playing catch up. They only ran the ball for 35 yards in the game. That was a huge problem. I think they had like 2.7 yards of carry. It was something ridiculous. So enter playoff Lenny. If he returns this week, I think that's a huge factor for them to be able to control the pace of the game. I think Bernard and Vaughn have really found their little niche. You're talking about those little swing routes that they're able to check down routes, all those little things. I think this is a very similar game plan to, to what we saw against Philadelphia. Uh, the Rams will change and how Brady adjusts to them will be quite different. But if you look at Philadelphia and you look at the Rams, you've got the awesome corner in Darius Slay. You've got the awesome corner in Jalen Ramsey. You've got Fletcher Cox in the middle. You've got Aaron Donald in the middle. You've got pass rush. You know, I, I wonder how the referees call this game. Do they call it differently for Tom this time? You never even mentioned the big fella in the back. So we have to talk about him in a second. But do how do they call this game for Tom or against Tom or for Matt Stafford or against Matt Stafford? I just love the idea that playoff Lenny comes in here after being off and just goes off. I really do. I just think I think there's an, an opportunity there for them to see a guy that hasn't been on tape that much and how they use him. The Rams offense also, like with their offense, it does scare me a little bit because they haven't been as good down the stretch. 14th way to DVOA offensively 14th. They ranked third in the first three weeks of the season. I mean, they have really taken a, a shot and the Bucks defense has only gotten better. I think this is a defensive matchup, man. I think this is one again, as we say all the time in the trenches, this is going to be great. Can the Bucks O-line hold up is the question. Will Ryan Jensen be able to go? Will Tristan Worf be able to go? That really scares me. And even though I do like McVay more, that I like Arians as a coaching matchup. There's that guy, Tom Brady, just walking in the other side. And it's going to be real hard, man. It's just going to be real hard, real hard. Let me just give you the numbers on Brady here in the playoffs and some of these, these stats here. Uh, these are at the Action Network. Brady, as a favorite of seven points or fewer in his career, 76, 48, and seven, he's 61%. In games in which Brady is within a three-point margin, either way, 35, 23, and four, 60%. In the playoffs in those games, nine and three, 75% against the spread in games of which are th within three or more. He wins those games by an average of 6.2 points per game. Matt Stafford in his second playoff game, basically uh, third playoff game ever. He is 11 and 41 in November or later against teams above 500. He is four and 33 straight up. Ooh. This is going to four and 33 straight up. I think I got to take the big guy in the back. I got to take my guy. I got to go. How about Tom Brady? How about that? Uh, Bucks minus two and a half. Have I, have I, like completely just destroyed that. Uh, that was like that was a good try but please don't do that again like, i'm not gonna just, do please. it again but i will say this it's gonna be brady bucks minus two and a half i'm gonna be screaming at the stadium on sunday who like tom brady um yeah i mean clearly we're going to the game i'm probably gonna be on the same side as you on that one especially now that it's down to two and a half i love that i'm looking right now i need to go lock that number in before it's back up to three um but yeah i, I think you get Throw out any, any numbers as far as what the regular season stats were, how these teams played. I mean, it's just a different animal come the playoffs with Brady. It's a different level of preparation. It's different, different game plan. So, yeah, man, this, this is the game of the weekend. You think so? I think – well, actually, sorry. Sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> the next one is pretty, pretty damn big if you want to go ahead and tell us what that is. Many are calling this the de facto AFC championship game, many would say. Even though we're disrespecting the Tennessee Titans, I freaking know. That's why we can't handle them. it. That's why we took the future on them. Don't worry, we we are the smart people. Uh, Chiefs Bills rematch AFC Championship from a year ago. This was also a game that was played earlier this season in which the Bills quote unquote boat raced the Chiefs out of their own building. It was an embarrassing moment, but like all games before, we just talked about. These are two very different teams this time around. The Bills are one and a half point dogs after opening up. I saw it open as high as three, three and a half. 
I, I believe, maybe even four at some places. It's down to one and a half. The Bills have taken on a lot of money, a lot of money. And look at this over-under, 54 and a half points. Maddie, I know that gets your ears perked up when you see a, a 50-burger and then a few extra added on. This is going to be a fun one down in KC. Yeah, 50-burger, a little extra cheese, onions, and mushrooms on top of that <laughs> burger. I'll tell you what. But uh, it, it, and that's, that's interesting that you bring that up. I have a stat on that that I'll, I'll get to later regarding the total. But, yeah, I mean – for me, you know, when you're looking at this one, I think Buffalo's perfect game last week has to be playing into the, some of the steam that they've gotten. I mean, it has to, right? I mean, all the talk is the Bills and what they did. But prior to that, the offense wasn't necessarily humming that the way it had been. Versus the Chiefs, I think, in the second half of the year. Again, we just see they were a totally different team this first eight weeks. Offensively, defensively, everything. And the offense has gotten back on track. Uh, Travis Kelsey last week you know, quoted the very famous like TikTok. I think we're going all the way back to Vine with when this was famous. I think I got my swagger back. Travis Kelsey says last week in his post game interview. And he certainly does. Uh, I mean, he, he was an absolute beast in that game as well as, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill got a little bit of his, but he hasn't even been so much of a factor. I, I, I just think that when they're running the ball with Jarek McKinnon that well, things are going well for that offense. Mm. Things are going very well for that offense. And as much as, again, it wasn't, the Patriots they beat last week, they beat the Steelers, a top five defense, and they beat them pretty handedly and pretty embarrassingly uh, on that offense. So I think everybody's got their eyes on the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs the second half of the season have just been getting better and just been getting ready for the playoffs. And we are definitely laying the number with the Chiefs minus one and a half. I like, I liked it a minus two and a half. I thought I was getting two and a half here, but all the way down to minus one and a half on the steam. Give me Kansas City here at home. This is going to be a super interesting game because the question is the Bills have to do what they did last week to New England. They have to step on the throat and they have to not let off the gas. They never stopped throwing in that game. They kept pouring it on. 20 years of frustration went into that game, I promise you. Do they have enough gas left in the tank to do that this week, especially in a hostile environment like that? Remember from last year, they got up nine nothing in the AFC Championship game last year, and then got a thirty-eight to six, you know, run slapped right onto their forehead. I mean, that's what happened to them. They just got absolutely demolished because that's what the Chiefs do. They did it to Pittsburgh last week, where they got down early, couldn't get a drive really put together, had a couple of turnovers and mistakes, and what happens? It's seven nothing, and in four minutes, it's twenty-one-seven, and then the game's over. I mean, this is an incredibly entertaining game. The difference between the game that happened earlier this year, though, is that the Chiefs' defense is night and day. There's no question about it. Spagnola has found his groove. And I wonder, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, probably getting a lot of, you know, coaching interviews this week, lots of distractions going into this game. Um, I wonder how much that factors into this Um uh, it will be interesting to see how Spagnola does his game plan against Dable. But if you look at this, um, the Chiefs, they ranked 10th in DVOA over the last uh, the past eight weeks of the season. They were um, also 31st in that category over the first 10 weeks. Um, so this is a quite, quite a big transformation. Melvin Ingram has a lot to do with it, actually. Melvin Ingram being a pass rusher and helping out there, them having Chris Jones healthy, like everybody on the, on the defensive line finally healthy and ready to go. They've really stepped it up. The Chiefs also have the league's number one passing deep, passing offense, obviously, especially in the last uh, couple, eight weeks of the season. But we know how good the Bills defense is. Bills defense, number one opponent's completion percentage, number one opponent's passer rate, number one in passing yards per attempt. But the biggest matchup is third down. How do these two teams go out in third down? Bills, number one third down defense. Chiefs, number one third down offense. I am so excited for those matchups. That's the matchup to watch. I can't wait to see it. Josh Allen, God bless him, had a great week last week. I think if the Bills can run the football, they'll be successful. I like your point about McKinnon as well, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should be back this week. He did not play last week, so that could add another wrinkle into the Chiefs' offense as well. But for the Bills to do this, it's going to have to be stepping on the gas and never letting up. The problem is this guy, Mahomes, just does not lose here. I mean, he just it's really hard. Mahomes is a three-point favorite or shorter, including as an underdog. Uh, the Chiefs are 14-4-1 against the spread all time. He's 78% in this spot. 
um, within, whether when it's in within three points, within three points as a favorite. As much as the Bills are a great story, it's tough to go against Reed, Mahomes, and the kingdom in KC, isn't it? And you got to take down the Prince of Darkness. And it's too dark in the room. Not enough light will shine for Buffalo. It'll be over. As much as I think Buffalo might be a team of destiny, I also saw Lewis before the playoffs send me a very interesting Snapchat where it was the whole narrative was Packers and Chiefs. And I am not going to get off the train now. I'm, I'm going to get on it. For the first time this year, I will bet on the Chiefs minus one and a half. Hey, better late than ever, right? Better late than ever with that. So not only I might be on the Chiefs this game, and I might also be on the over because they did say I have a stat regarding that. Uh, since 2003, we have seen, like I said, this is a high total. Uh, since 2003, we've only seen nine playoff games that have closed between 54 and 56 points of the total. Those nine games, the over is one and eight. The one game that it went over, Bill's Chiefs last year. Or Bill, yeah, Bill, Bill's Chiefs in the AFC Championship game last year. The one game that that's gone over is 62-point total. None of the other totals had reached 50. Prior wow. The closest one was the uh, Rams-Saints uh, NFC Championship game with a very infamous call that we all know. Lose, favorite, lose maybe favorite flag of all time. Maybe <laughs> his most favorite flag that he's ever seen in any football game was in that – a, that NFC championship game. So should, should have been seven points lower than what it even was. Uh, but yeah, so that's the only total to go over that 54 to 56 margin is between these two teams. So I, how do you not, right? How do you not? I know it's one of eight, but how do you not? Wow. That's incredible. You think both of uh, one of these teams, I think this, it could be like 40, 30 type of game. Like it really can. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Right. Like I said, none of these teams are relying on their defense here. It's going to be like, praying to get one stop that one stop is going to be difference maker in this game mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i hate to keep harping on josh allen but you know to me i i i haven't seen him really perform that well in a playoff game except for last week obviously but like you know i, I wonder if it has to do with the patriots i, I that's that my question that's my question is is that you know what they wanted to just unleash on them is, is that the end of the road for them or is he going to step up i want to see josh allen step up this week and prove to everybody that he is for real. And then I'll start believing in him. Um, okay, that's it. And that's all. Those are the four games. I mean, a, a quicker a quicker show, but we do have specials, right? We do have a couple of specials going on. Um, tough to do a money line parlay considering the bets, but there is an opportunity for it, I guess, to do. So how do you want to do this? I'm going to let you do this however you want. In fact, are we putting like a favorite in the money line parlay this week? What are we doing? I was going to say, if we want to do a money line parlay, I don't think I, I cannot squeeze. I've, I've taken two favorites as far as sides here. I didn't take any of the dogs, but if we were to do it, we would say we're taking San Fran at plus mm. 210. I just think that it's, you know, so it's the longest dog of the weekend. So if you're going to take a dog, I think that's the one that you put it on, especially again, weather elements coming to that game. And, and San Fran, you know, we even talk about it. San Fran over the, the history playing Rodgers since Shanahan's been there has performed very well against yes. Green Bay. Um, so, uh, taking that one and then Tommy B in the buy dear, tell me it's down to one and a half. I got to do the calculations on this right now. And I'll get you, uh, what that value would return to you on a plus two ten, and then whatever the bucks are on the money line. Um, but I'd imagine that's going to get us somewhere around a, a four fifty return. Uh, but I'll give that to you after you give me the end of the weather. Well, you want every under the weather we can get. This is the one to go to because we're going to be at it, I think. I think we're going to go second week in a row uh, in Tampa. Bucks, Rams, that's what we're going to do. Um, here's the weather going on on Sunday. There isn't a ton, like, if I want to do Packers and 49ers, the cold does not have a factor to me. It's got to be wind, right? I mean, we talked about cold being something that actually helps offenses, not 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 hinders them so let's go bucks rams the best we can do during the day winds will be 10 to 15 miles an hour it's the highest wind total of the game still 11 miles an hour is not necessarily ideal but because these two teams i think it's going to come down to defensive matchups and who can run the ball um I, i'm going to take the bucks and the rams under 48 and a half i think that's enough for me to say okay 
let's roll into this. It's about the defenses. People want to make it about the quarterbacks. That's not how you win playoff games. You win playoff games by playing great defense and running the football. We've talked about that all it is. Run the rock, defend the run, Bucks Rams under 48 and a half. Hey, I like it, especially with that half. Maybe maybe if it's, it might land right on 48 again. So I, I love hearing that hook. I just don't <laughs> want it to land on 49. <laughs> well, we'll try to keep it under there for you. Do we have a calculation? Uh, yeah, so that's going to be a 425 return, not a 450 return. That's, that's at the Bucks at minus 146. And I'm gonna, I forgot, I, missed, I said one and a half. That's the Chiefs. So if you didn't want to go to the Chiefs, but that, that game's just so much that, – that game feels a lot closer to me than, than the other one. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just I'm, – I'm afraid to get in, in the way of the Bills. Um, so, but yeah, plus 425, uh, Bucks minus 145, San Fran plus 210. Love that. Love that. Matt, before we go to the narrative – is there any part of you that wants to hedge out on some of these teams? Uh, like, you know, I have the Packers ticket. And so to take the 49ers isn't hard for me, but part of me wants to take the Rams just to hedge out on the Bucks. Part of me wants to take the Bengals just to hedge out on the Titans. But, you know, to me, I, I do feel pretty confident in Tennessee. I feel pretty confident, less confident in Tampa, but pretty confident nonetheless. So is there any part of you that wants to hedge out? Not yet. Uh, th- those for me, especially being mine are to win the Super Bowl, not to win the AFC championship game. Okay. So you just, you really start to cut to your margins if you start doing it three weeks out, in my opinion. So uh, I'm, I'm looking to, again, if, if both teams advance, I will be looking to to be on the opposite side of them for uh, for the following two weeks for in the championship game and Super Bowl and just pray that we get a Bucks and Titans Super Bowl and I've got both sides of it on, on the future. Oh. No need to hedge at all. We've just got it laid out for us. So uh, I'm not ready to do that yet, especially not for the Titans at a spot where, again, coming off the bye, getting the lowest ranked team left in the playoffs in, in the Bengals. Uh, you know, I, I, you would, yeah, I'd rank them, uh, you know, four, eighth out of the eight teams that are remaining. So uh, I, I'll be riding with both of my teams, I think, for now. One of the interesting things I saw, and a lot of people, the value, a lot of it is gone, but the most value on a team, I think, right now to went to, to at least get to a Super Bowl is still San Francisco. I think that the 49ers, last I looked, at least to win the NFC, they're four to one to win the NFC. So not terrible, but not great at the same time. Obviously, them being 25 to one a couple of weeks ago, you've lost a lot of the value. But if you're looking to get a quick future in and take the 49ers and then maybe you hedge with the Packers if you have it, I obviously can't do that. But, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's a consideration. It's a consideration if you're still looking for a long shot to maybe either get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. I think they're 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, the 49ers. So um, one that I'm thinking about as far as because I don't have any Super Bowl winners, so I could take that. Yeah, I'm so mad I didn't take. Like I said, I, I was all over the San Fran last week, liked him against the Cowboys, and didn't put that bet in, which was just I feel stupid about because I didn't even have a money line last week. I didn't have a money line bet on him. I just mm. had him on the spread. So to not take the money line and to not take them on that Super Bowl future just makes me feel silly at this point. Yeah, yeah. But you know, still better than you. Well, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Um, you know, so by the way, yeah, last week we got week, of course. I, I'll take them. Uh, Shout out to one of our great fans, the great Mike Cunningham, who sent me that parlay that he had. I hope he hedged out. I hope he cashed out because he hit every single one and then had the Cardinals plus three and a half to finish it out. And uh, we, we put it out and, and obviously it lost, but he had it. I mean, he, he, he hit everything and I hope he cashed out. I really did. And I'm going to have to ask Mike later, but shout out to Mike Cunningham. Uh, awesome job with that. Thank you for providing us that. Okay. It is time. The Oracle is here. He has arrived. He has looked into his crystal ball. He has, uh, I don't know, what kind of witch's brew, he's, he's wizard's brew he's pull, pulling up this week to try and concoct another winner. <laughs> it doesn't take much because he just says it and it magically appears out of thin air. It's divisional weekend, Lewis. It's my favorite weekend of the year. Please give me one. Dan's favorite weekend of the year and we'll be at probably his favorite stadium watching his favorite player. <laughs> Oh man, you guys in here we go again. There we go again. Go again. And all the reasons look at the Rams defense, how they've been playing, all the weapons that they have. So I don't necessarily even like this pick. (laughs) But we're gonna be there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two and a half. Hammer it. Uncle Tom. 
Matt Stafford got his first ever playoff win last week. We've been doing this thing where teams get their one big win, and then it's done deal. And it's minus two and a half. They could just win by a field goal. Like it's oh man, yeah. If it was a lot more points, I, I'd be probably looking for a narrative somewhere else. But that's what we're doing. Dan's got his fist in the air. Dan's ready to roll. Ready to roll. <laughs> I'm gonna just be playing levels all weekend and just going <laughs> insane, insane. Like I love the Bucks. Now it's got to be the number one pick because Lewis made it his pick. So love it. Absolutely love it. It's going to be such a fun time. Um, I am undefeated in games, not just undefeated with Patriots games, but actually any game that I've ever been to at a team that I'm rooting for. I've been to some Eagles Giants games. Of course, I root for the Eagles when they're, you know, um, any game, any game Well, root for the Eagles, like for my brother, obviously, because I'm not rooting for the Giants. But, you know, I've been to any game I've ever been to. It's very strange, but any football game I've ever been to in the NFL the team that I'm rooting for is winning. So uh, I feel good. I feel good. The one difference is that Mr. Mush, me, is there with you this week. Oh, and I suck. don't have great records in live sporting events uh, outside of maybe the Rangers because I've seen a couple of quite a few wins for them. But, uh, yeah, I'm the only one I think that can get in the way of the inevitable mush of your perfect NFL attendance record. Don't ruin this trip for me, Matt. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try not to. Hey, good money I'll, for I'll, these seats. I'll leave in the, thir- in the fourth quarter if they're losing. I'll just leave. <laughs> He's going to get a head start on the Chiefs-Bills game downtown Tampa. Excited. Boys, see you Sunday. We'll see you down in the Sunshine State. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, man, I'm excited. I mean, how can you not be? It's divisional playoff weekend. It's going to be the bee's knees, you know, the cat's pajamas, any type of phrase you want to say. It is the four best teams in each conference. And I think that is the truest thing we can say about this weekend. Absolutely. And not to mention, I, I'm going to ask you this year. I don't know. I, can, I know you're not a huge UFC guy. I've loved falling in love with the UFC, especially over COVID. I've really, when they were the only sport going, I got into it deep. We have a heavyweight fight on Saturday night. Yes. Heavyweight fight of division weekend. Couldn't be better. Uncle Dana really coming through with us. Great timing on this, on this heavyweight bout. Uh, you have Cyril Gan, the Frenchman. Coming out, the dynamic heavyweight versus the man from Cameroon who has the heaviest hands in the UFC, who is now the reigning champ and a dog in this fight, as I looked at the most recent odds. Cyril Gan 150, Francis Ngannou plus 122. No Dan, what do you like on this one? Gotta hammer Ngannou. That I feel the same freaking way. warrior. It's good to, as, as good as Gan is, as as great as his mobility is and everything. He could do so much more in the octagon than in Ganu can, but he gets caught once with one of those hooks in the first round. And I think the game plan is out the window and the, oh. the, the fight that we saw him put up against Stipe Miocic, uh, for instance, in, in his last fight where he was way more calculated, way more dialed in was not just the absolute like wrecking ball, just unleashing furious lefts and rights coming out of every, every, poor in his body he was much more dialed in much more focused and controlled in the last fight and i think we see that same francis and we see him come through with that same amount of focus then i think that this is this is his fight to lose boy i mean like go right from packers 49ers right into that i mean oh. and we've, and we've got we've got expertise on on this subject here maddie's getting so into ufc i've gotten into very much into it as well uh i would say though that way you're describing gone is like Almost like he can do more, but the 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 the, the punch of Naganu could knock him out. Kind of reminds me of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, to be quite honest with you, what you're describing. So bit. it does that's a little hairy for me, but I love Naganu, love the guy. Uh he's 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 an absolute beast. Um, so that'll be really fun. We'll have something on the side for that for UFC. That'll be a good time. Might have to be paying for Maddie's uh dinner this this Sunday too when we go out. So We'll, we'll, we'll get that squared away, pay a little extra bucks, and away we'll go, guys. It's, it's going to be fun. I'll see you down there. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know where to get us. You know where to get it. So go on to Spotify. Go on to Apple Pod. Go on to Google Pod. Listen, 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 listen. Subscribe, rate, review, all those fun stuff. Look for the Sunday card. We will be there. You can follow us on Twitter, at the Sunday card, or, or you can listen 
on Sports Country Radio, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on sportscountry.net, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday morning to get the final two picks in before the big games in Tampa and in Kansas City. For Matty Ice, Matty C., Matt Silberth, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, I am Dan Zampano. It's the best weekend of the year, boys. Divisional playoff weekend. We'll see you next week. We'll see you from Tampa on the Twitter sphere. You've been listening to the Sunday Car.